The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazarowski. President Biden arriving in Israel this morning amid rising tensions in the Israel-Hamas war. Protests erupting overnight across the Middle East after yesterday's hospital blast in Gaza that Israel and Hamas are blaming on each other. We have more from White House correspondent Mary Alice Parks. This is perhaps the most difficult trip of his presidency. He's looking to not only support Israel, but also try to tamp down tensions in the region. The White House says that the president is going to try to personally impress upon Netanyahu how important it is to get humanitarian aid into Gaza and get innocent people out. But there are no guarantees. Politically, it is a major risk. We'll be going live to Israel coming up at 6 o'clock this morning. It's 5.02. Also making a trip to Israel, Governor Kathy Hochul, WBEN's Tom Puckett has more on that. The message from Governor Hochul is simple as she heads to Israel. We want to make sure that we acknowledge Israel has a right to defend itself against Hamas. We also must make sure that civilians get humanitarian aid and uh, lament the loss of any life of innocent civilians. Hochul says she needs to be there in person. It's important to bear witness and hear firsthand from survivors from this barbaric attack from Hamas and try to comfort the families who are mourning the loss of their loved ones. Hochul says there's no room in New York for terrorists. Hear her full news conference online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. Thank, thank you, Tom. Round two today in the GOP's effort to elect a new Speaker of the House. Justin Finch in Washington says the Ohio conservative has divided the party due in part to his staunch support of former President Trump. A decades-old abuse scandal also hangs over Jordan's head, stemming from his time as an assistant wrestling coach at Ohio State University. Wrestlers from the team are renewing calls for accountability over Jordan's alleged inaction surrounding claims that the team's late doctor was molesting students. Jordan, who is named as a witness in a lawsuit against the university, has denied knowledge of the alleged abuse. His office saying Chairman Jordan never saw or heard of any abuse, and if he had, he would have dealt with it. The next vote for scheduled for a speaker is scheduled for 11 o'clock this morning. Okay, we'll see what happens there and getting analysis later this morning. Carl Calabrese set to join us live in the 7 o'clock hour with a little bit more on what happened yesterday and what to expect later on today. After closing down for a month to install new exhibits, the Explorer Moore Museum downtown ready to welcome families back through its doors today. WBEN's Brayton Wilson has more. As construction and development continues in and around downtown Buffalo, especially at Canal Side, the folks at Explore and More are ready to open its doors to the public once again today after a month-long process of maintenance and renovation. We are so excited. It's been nice to be able to get all of these renovations done, but it's also been very quiet. So we are opening with a bang. We have activities this coming weekend as well as the week of Halloween or leading into Halloween, and we can't wait to see everyone in their festive attire. That's Joanna Jacob, director of institutional advancement at Explore and More. The recent renovations at the museum was more so an expansion of their footprint, essentially building out and expanding capacity rather than building up. While not every project has been completed at this time, efforts will continue with areas like the atrium in the main entrance and other projects all being wrapped up behind the scenes within the next year. It seems like a long time, but essentially the visitors
visitor experience at the museum is not going to be affected. We will have the museum wide open for play, but the changes that will be happening throughout the next year or so will be behind closed doors and ultimately the best for the museum. So what fun and exciting events are in the works in the coming days at Explore and More? Starting this Saturday, there is the Family Fun Fall Fest starting at 10 a.m. and extending through 5 p.m. It is only $13, the price of our regular admission, so no extra charge. There will be face painting, there will be a magic show, there will be candy apple making, scream cheese. So we have a lot going on just to make sure that everyone not only comes back to the museum, but also kicks off the fall season. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. All right, thank you for that, Brayton. Something new for the National Toy Hall of Fame in Rochester to celebrate their 25th anniversary. A handful of toys known as the Forgotten Five, toys that have been finalists but have never made the final cut, will be put to a fan vote. One of them will finally make it. Among the toys in the Forgotten Five, the Pogo Stick, the Fisher-Price Corn Popper, My Little Pony, Pez Dispensers, and Transformers. Fans can vote through October 24th on the National Toy Hall of Fame website. Three other toys will be chosen the usual way through an internal committee. I just, I love, I love the Toy Museum in Rochester five times a year. There's something about the finalists for, I swear they admit a person a week or a toy a week, just so we're talking about it all the time. Keeping it going. And it works because here we (laughs) go. Did did you see, by the way, the 2023 finalists, the the actual, so these are the, these are the, the ones that constantly are runners up. These are the Susan Lucci's of the toy world. Um, I, the actual finalists include baseball cards. Is that a know. toy? I know. What? Battleship. Okay. Bingo. Okay. Bingo, I associate more with... Adults. Cigarettes than I do uh, kids. <laughs> right. Uh, the Boppet, Cabbage Patch oh. Kids. Uh, there's also the Ken doll, which, I mean, with the movie, that's probably going to make it in. Connect oh, Four. right, right. Uh, there's, there's a whole okay. lot of things up there. Including the uh, you know the red and yellow little car that you move like you move like Fred Flintstone that little kids have. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's up there. Little too. tykes, right? Yes. One of those cars. Um, so you know, there's a lot of those cool things. We'll uh, maybe dive in to that a little bit later. Well, the Sabers last night picking up their first win of the season. Greenway, high slot in the Tampa zone. He'll leave it. Dylan Cousins trying to create a lane with a shot. Scores! The workhorse from Whitehorse in overtime. And the Sabres win it 3-2 to two with 3.14 to go in the extra period. Sabres had a two-goal lead, but let Tampa claw back, including allowing a tying goal with just seconds remaining. Head coach Don Granato on how he handled that moment. You know, when we gave up a goal very late, uh, what was it, seven seconds left, I, there, I didn't feel any need to give them a message. I loved where they were at um, and uh, knew that if we... I just felt confident that, that they were going to get the job done, and I think that was probably our messaging. Like, just move on. We're going to we'll, we'll win the game. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, I don't think Whew. they let go of the puck the entire overtime, so that was nice. Nice to get a win, too, especially over a division rival. Sabres back home Thursday night taking on Calgary. Thank goodness. It's nice to have that first win, yes. right? And researchers are hoping that a new app 
can close the gap in autism spectrum diagnosis. Doctors say early detection is key for treatment, and usually that means parents filling out a questionnaire at a child's two-year checkup. But experts say those questionnaires can miss important signs and aren't as effective in girls or ethnic minorities. So researchers at Duke University are developing an app they say can more quickly and accurately diagnose autism in young children. The app takes fewer than 10 minutes to administer and includes a series of prompts and videos for kids to respond to. According to the CDC, about 3% of children have been identified with autism spectrum disorder, with boys four times more likely than girls to be diagnosed. That's Andrea Fujii reporting. Interesting. Uh, could be yeah. some new technology there that helps a lot of people. It's 510 on WBEN. Time to take a look outside. At our forecast, we've got cloudy skies. Uh, we're in the 50s right now. We'll be a tad warmer today, and we might even see the sun. It's been a while. Uh, high of around 60 degrees this afternoon. Could be in the mid-60s tomorrow, which is nice to hear, before cooling kind of back down to earth Friday and for the weekend. We'll have some rain showers Friday and over the weekend as well. Cloudy skies, currently 52 in Buffalo. It's your Just Call Jed first alert forecast. It's nice to have a dry day yesterday, finally. Yeah. Drying out a little across western New York was pretty nice to see. Yeah. wasn't even that bad. Uh, you know, after the Sabres game last night, walking out the doors and yeah, oh, were I, you at the game? Yeah, I was at the game. Um, great game. Yeah, because we won. Right. Um, but you kind of saw, at least I think, people kind of bracing. Right. You're, you're like walking, getting ready to walk outside. Everyone there, and like people are putting their hoods up. Like, everyone's kind of, like, ready to yeah. hit the elements, and then you open the doors, and it wasn't that bad. And I heard a few people say, like, oh, you know, I yeah, thought it was going to be worse, a little more chilly. Actually, that's nice. Outside. Right? So it was nice to see uh, that we're not quite there yet where you have to, you know, hold right. on tight to open up the door and walk outside. Yeah, that's true. Well, so Thursday night they're home as well, right? Saturday night. Two and then okay. Monday, four game homestand wow. for right. the Sabres. Like a lot of uh, home games at the first part of the schedule. Yeah. How was attendance last night? Um, I, not like last I, Thursday night. It was not I'm like guessing. opening night. I was very interested to see, you know, how many people would show up. I, game two, you might like, especially against Tampa, you might like to see a few more people right. there. But hey, I said it last year, said it the past few years. Still got to earn it. I, was I mean, say, start we're a winning, jaded fan base. Keep winning, and they'll fill the seats. For sure, for sure. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Some light lake effect rain showers this morning. Partly sunny skies this afternoon with temperatures in the mid to upper 50s. For tonight, partly cloudy. Overnight lows in the mid 40s. On Thursday, we start with a little sun. Clouds increase. Highs in the mid 60s. Rain returns on Friday with highs near 60. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Pat Kaler joining us this morning, president and CEO of Visit Buffalo Niagara. Citizens for Regional Transit is holding a public meeting later today about improving public transit for the region. Uh, Pat, you were one of the speakers. What are you planning to say to, to this group? Well, you know, this is something that's very important, not only for our residents, but also for our visitors to have accessible 
transportation throughout the region. And this was something that was built into Visit Buffalo Niagara's uh, destination master plan, as well as our three-year strategic plan, as how we can help move along the dialogue and the conversation with the ultimate stakeholders. Um, and part of that is also engaging with the public and the business community. And that's, you know, part of what this conversation is going to be tonight. That connectivity between Buffalo and Niagara Falls, especially when we're talking about people visiting the area, it's got to be very important because people want at least the opportunity to do both. Absolutely. And uh, that's uh, something that we have been uh, having conversations in the last 10 years that I've been uh, with Visit Buffalo and Niagara, and I know that these conversations have been going on longer than that. We do have the express bus with the NFTA that does go uh, from the transit center um, downtown to Niagara Falls. Uh, we've had conversations in the past about, you know, how can we make that more of a visitor-friendly type of an experience when we had the uh, VBN Visitor Center at the corner of Washington and Clinton. We talked about the possibility of having that become the beginning and the ending point that it's just a little bit more friendlier than just a overall bus transportation facility. Um, unfortunately, you know, the costs are very high for those types of things. And so um, that's, again, part of that conversation is how do we engage with government officials, um, foundations who might be able to help support something like this. So improving public transit for the region, what does it look like in your eyes? Um, again, it's that overall connectivity. You know, we've, we've got the um, metro line that goes down to Canal Side. Um, it would be great to have that connect to the airport. Um, they're extending it out to uh, UB. Um, but whatever those modes of transportation are that we can make accessible, especially as we're trying to bring more people to live in the downtown core, but they also need to be able to get out to the suburbs and get out to the other attractions in our destination. And so, you know, it's all about that connectivity. I think we did a great job with bringing rideshare to our community back in 2015. And this is just another step in that overall connectivity for the entire region. It would be great if we had, you know, a, a transportation system to take people to Ellicottville as well, maybe even down to Chautauqua. Uh, but, you know, let's start with getting people at least back and forth between Buffalo and Niagara Falls. But, you know, it's all about that overall big picture for our region and how we're able to move people around not only our visitors, but our residents and our workforce. When you uh, kind of talked about that express bus right between Buffalo and Niagara Falls, there's been so much investment um, in infrastructure in western New York. Is that something that it was maybe overlooked, uh, connecting Buffalo and Niagara Falls a little bit more? Is there a better option that's out there on the table or maybe in the back of people's minds of how to kind of do that in – a way that's maybe more attractive to more people? Sure. Well, I think that's what these types of uh, forums are going to help us uh, formulate those types of plans. You know, let's bring together people that actually use uh, mass transit, that have experienced it in other cities and other countries, and what are those best practices that we can learn from. Um, again, also looking into the future, um, you know, looking at the um, availability for, you know, further light rail or um, electric buses, whatever they might be. But, you know, let's be at the forefront 
but also um, taking into consideration what are the needs of the people that actually use it? Where are they looking to go to? But I think this is part of that whole step um, is with just overall stakeholder engagement. There's your group, Visit Buffalo Niagara. There's Destination Niagara. You know, it seems everyone has their own turf. How much do you work together? Oh, we work very closely together. Um, You know, in the end, uh, we have our uh, political entities that we need to satisfy, um, but our visitors don't see our geopolitical boundaries. You know, they don't they don't know where the county ends and where the next county begins. And honestly, they could care less. Um, in the end, you know, I would I want people to stay in um, Erie County again for that overall bed tax. Um, and I know John Percy, my counterpart in Niagara Falls, feels the same way. But we want everybody to have a great experience. Um, and again, our our visitors do not care about our geopolitical boundaries. And so that's where it comes into play that we want our visitors to go back and forth to um, our, our counties. And again, even in the five-county region for Western New York, uh, we want everybody to have a fantastic experience. And I promote Niagara Falls as much as John promotes uh, the cultural attractions of um, Erie County. Last time we talked with you, you were over in London, uh, kind of boosting Buffalo over there. How'd that trip go, and uh, what do you think you got out of it? Yeah, so we've already had a pickup with a um, publication in Ireland, and uh, we had great interaction with tour operators and media. And what was great about um, those meetings, they came in prepared. They knew that they were going to be meeting with us. They did their research, and they came in with questions. We didn't even have to lead the conversations. There was a lot of enthusiasm about what they had already learned through their own research, going to our website, digging a little bit deeper into some other travel articles that have been written, even going you know, to the Buffalo AKG to learn more about their collection and uh, the expansion project there, our Frank Lloyd Wright. They were all about the wings and what's so shocking to me, is, and I hear this even in the United States, that people don't realize that the buffalo wing was invented in Buffalo. <laughs> wow, that is interesting. Well, Pat, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you so much. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.